Jesus Christ, man, what the hell is wrong with you? Please, just shut up! Seriously? Seriously? You have got to learn to wait your goddamn turn! He's lying to us, Kenny! Kenny! He is lying to us! I would rather be vice president under him or resident minister to the Barbary Pirates than be indebted to a creature such as Hamilton for my present post! Kneel down and suck to your tiny goddamn... You are stuck raving mad, or I am! Good day, sir! I am not drinking any fucking Merlot! Drop your credentials at the guard's desk and get the fuck out of here! Welcome back to Paul Giamatti's School of Hard Knocks. My name is Justin, and I'm here with the irreplaceable Andy. We know you missed us after our two-week hiatus, so we're back. Paul is filling in for a sick goat at a petting zoo, and he will not be joining us. Andy, how have these last two weeks been treating you? Justin, they've been pretty good. I'm happy to be back. I'd be even happier if we were joining Paul and petting his balding head at a petting zoo. But, you know, we got business to take care of here on the case. That would be quite fun, but we got to work. Can't all be pleasure in petting Paul. Do you think one day when aliens do imminently invade, as I'm 100% sure they will, (laughs) they will put human beings into petting zoos like we do animals? I I don't I can't even entertain that question because you know my take on it. I don't think aliens are coming. They're not coming. But Trump just created the UFO force. That's evidence against aliens coming because he's supporting it. And he's always wrong. But what if he's right? What if he knows something <laughs> yeah. that we don't? What if he knows something in that in those secret manila envelopes that they give you when you become president? And he's like, you know what we need? We need a UFO task force because of what I've seen. A broken Trump is always right twice a day. Even a broken Trump is right twice a day. <laughs> yeah. Imagine they actually handed a manila envelope with like a couple of loose leaf sheets of paper and it's just drawings. Like one is just of a huge alien head and, and a thumbs up. So he gets it. Yeah. So he exactly. gets it. Yeah. <laughs> Different from the other presidents with words. Yeah. Well, George W. Bush, they used the same one. There has some been weird, some weird UFO stuff going on, apparently. Well, that one that the, the military flights saw. Are the military uh, pilots, the Navy, I don't know. Well, you, you know the video I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the Navy pilots, sure. Yeah. That thing was zooming across. They didn't even know what it was. Yeah, that was wild. What do you attribute that to? Alien skeptic? I uh, I have no idea. Russian space technology? Huh? <laughs> it was Putin. Putin was spying on us. He was, he was in that aircraft. It was Putin in his new Lamborghini... SpaceX mobile and he was just uh, meddling with our election. What could that have been? Really? I want to know, Justin. I can't even speculate. I don't have no idea. <laughs> I I can't like I mean it's an unidentified flying object. Right. Well that that is what it was literally. It, but that doesn't mean it's aliens. It doesn't mean it's aliens. Could have been a 15-year-old kid's drone, right? <laughs> yeah. Way up there. Take an aerial footage of, uh, for Google Maps, <laughs> something. 
Have you ever been called sir in a good context? Every time you think of the word, what do you mean? Like, like, do you? I I don't think I've ever. No, I have. I've been called sir, and it's always been bad. Sir, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. Sir, you got to put your pants on. <laughs> sir, take your hand out of your pants. Sir, why are you sucking your thumb like that? Sir, sir, step. Please step off the Wendy's counter. Yeah. <laughs> sir. Uh, yeah, I think I've been called sir sometimes. You know, when you're at a fancy restaurant and you're like, uh, yeah, I have a reservation. Andy, sir? Yeah, that's me. Oh, all right, right this way, sir. And they take you to the exit. Sir, you don't belong here. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> who you? Who are you trying to fool? Get out of here. <laughs> Go in the alley and eat with the other bums. And I just get out there and it's just, a, it's, it's a bunch of people who weren't good enough for the restaurant eating off dumpsters. Yeah. With the scraps of food that the, the chefs bring out. And, and there's a sign over it that says, Sir Place. What does it say? Sir Place? S- Sir Place. Like S-I-R space and then place. Like the street name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the sirs. All the unlucky sirs. <laughs> and then they, they like, you know how they all have, a lot of big restaurants have the earpiece and the, the walkie-talkies and they talk into it like with the little thing. And they, yeah. the, guy, the host goes, we just had another sir that we took to the back. Just figured I'd let you know. It's really piling up in sir place right now. Oh, yeah. I got a whole bunch of chicken bones we haven't used. We'll toss them out for him. All right. Thanks, yeah. Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. classes, class systems. That's what, that's what it's all about. Are yeah. you good enough to eat in the front row of the restaurant at, at dinner theater? Or are you back in the alley eating with the schlobs and schmucks winning and losing uh, winning and losing are you good enough or are you a loser it's, it's binary life is binary it's either you win or you lose <laughs> yeah and everything as vin diesel said it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile is that isn't that what he said what was that in fast and furious oh yeah I don't remember the line. I, I saw that movie. I saw that movie in theaters, and I'm pretty sure it's the only time I watched it. So you're talking what twenty years ago? Probably twenty. Yeah. Yeah. He says it to Paul Walker. Rest in peace. He says doesn't matter if you win an inch or a mile. There's winners and there's losers in this drag street life. Yeah. I mean, you know who also had a quote about that was uh, Ricky Bobby of Talladega Nights. What did he say? I believe he said second place is just the first loser or something like that. That's right. The whole whole movie he thought his dad said that. And then he finally sees his dad at the end of the movie or towards the end of the movie. And his dad said, I don't remember saying that. I was always drunk. You know what this reminds me of? Fathers, speaking of fathers in sports and winning. All right. When we were growing up in high school, our high school was a very big lacrosse school. Obviously, we were... Top, Yorktown Heights, top 25 in the nation, right? Pretty much every year in, in lacrosse. Would you agree? Yeah, we're a great pro- program. Yeah, a, a, a stupendous program. There was a school out in Long Island. I believe it was maybe Chaminade. I, I forget the name. But there were these two superstar lacrosse players, Ramel and Shamel. I forget their last name again. But they were... They were freak athletes. They scored like... 30 goals a game between the two of them 30 in lacrosse I'm, I'm not joking jesus and 30 a game 
it's something an an absurd number and their dad would be at the games and i know this because my my friends who are a little better than me at lacrosse would go to these games justin and their dad would be at the games yelling at them no pizzas till you score 20 are you kidding me I swear to God! Oh my God! What what, what age no was this? No pizzas till you score twenty. Uh, this was high school. So like varsity, fourteen to nine. Oh yeah, they were on varsity uh, since they were fr- they were freshmen. That's absurd. That's also extremely embarrassing. But they got pizzas. Do you think those other boys got pizzas who didn't score twenty? Twenty goals in lacrosse. That's insane. I mean, but can you if if he was like that in public? Can you imagine what he was like at home? Oh, yeah, he's probably one of those serious sports fathers. I said pizza if you scored 20. I didn't say when you'd get that pizza. After the season, dummies. I, I've been around f- sports fathers like that most of my l- life. Not not with my dad, but, I mean, d- did you grow up seeing guys like that? I, I played AAU basketball. There were several basketball dads that were fucking out of their goddamn minds. I can't think of any examples like that, really, that extreme. I remember parents yelling, but none that <laughs> said no pizzas until 20. But you know what? Those dads those dads pushed their kids to be the best. And I often found that those kids were either A, severely psychologically damaged, or B, <laughs> great athletes. Or both. Or both. A lot of them both, probably. Most likely both. It's a fine line because you do want to instill the mentality in your child that they should try to do their best at everything they're doing. But then you could also I've probably rob them of the joy of what they're doing if you're just scaring them and, and their their motivation is to not let you down. It's a balance because it's right. It's a balance. It's, I mean, just like everything else. So it's it's a cop out of an answer, but. It's important that you enjoy what you're doing, but also giving your full effort. The, I don't like a tactic of like, no pizza till 20. That's just extreme. Well, see, I, I don't see it as being so extreme. I think he was maybe doing it in like an encouraging way. Oh, uh, okay. But but that's just my thought. He, it could have been, he could have been a psycho dad. Like, you're not eating dinner tonight until you get 20. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even come home if you don't get to 15. <laughs> if you get 10, say goodbye to those nice little cocks of yours. I don't know. I, I can't <laughs> see yelling no pizza until 20 being like an encouraging thing. No, you can't. <laughs> I, I, but come I wasn't on, guys. There. No pizza till 20. <laughs> and then they yelled back at him. All right, Dad, we got this. We love pizza. Boom, 20. Can you get get pepperoni so we can have with those construction workers that Justin ran into from episode (laughs) 19? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're all the same. Those construction workers are the dads. (laughs) They can't turn it off, Justin. They can't turn off what they do. The job has become them. Whatever that dad does. What does that dad do? What do you think that dad does for a living? Do you have like a vivid image of what he looked like and how he spoke and everything? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, like a, a, a black guy, probably 50 years old, um, like sometimes would wear a forwards cap to the game, maybe like a, a Raiders cap or something, and he'd be there with his wife every game, and 
you know, the wife would enjoy watching and he would, he would, you know, everyone would know him in the town and, and, and the family and they, he would be like a really great guy to get along with. But if he was your dad, it would probably be not so fun, but yeah. And he probably worked as a industrial packaging manager at a box factory. Something. I don't know. Something with his hands. Something laborious. Yeah. So he would just yell at his workers, no pizza till we get 20 shipments out today. And they would all say, yeah, you got it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, pizza's a great motivator. No pizza till you make me come 20 times this month, honey. He did. Oh, he does it for everything. That's all he's got. <laughs> no pizza. That's all he's got. Yeah. Everything and every time the life. pizza man comes to their house, it's like, well, hey, your family is really mot- You must be really motivated. I wish my wife and family was like this. Yeah. The whole town is aware of this pizza system. <laughs> the pizza guy, ah, I hit 20 tonight. Good job, boys. Here you go. Well oined. Do you think, uh, the carrot dangling the carrot works to motivate people oh definitely or do you uh, think they have to be self-motivated to like achieve uh that's a great question that's definitely well beyond my understanding but if i had to guess or i shouldn't say my understanding but i i'm not no, i want to hear your thought I, yeah this I, is I my guess but take. i want to i want to preface this by saying i'm not qualified to give an answer that's accurate like this is a a good psychological question but i think when you said does it work it depends on how you define work because it might work for that specific instance so if you need to motivate someone it also depends on what age group you're talking about i think kids are more impressionable if you dangle the carrot to form a habit maybe that habit will stick but then also it you kind of, I would imagine you want habits to form more organically where it's not the thought of a threat or I'm not going to get something because then it might create a fear behind whatever that they're trying to accomplish. I feel like I just, that was a word vomit answer. Hopefully it made sense. No, I don't think so. I think it made sense. What do you think? It's an interesting question. It's difficult. It's really difficult. And I'm with you on that as well. I'm not an expert, but I think that... I think you can condition people with the carrot system and if they buy into it it works but eventually I think it it burns out and I, I don't know if it's necessarily sustainable or not like because then you're just working for the carrot and you get the carrot you have to get the next carrot and unless that carrot is something that you really really want I think uh, I think success and achievement has to come from something that you really want. I, I don't think it can be someone else's want. Like if your parents push you into the system of uh, achievement, then eventually you're going to wind up and be like, fuck, who was I doing this for? Right. I'm, not, I'm not happy. I agree. Unless every uh, you always have someone motivating you for that pizza pie. I know I've killed the pizza thing, but we'll just use that as the No, let's use anecdote. the pizza. Yeah, seriously though, like if someone's always dangling that pizza carrot in front of your face with a string, here it comes. Like these, these, those. I don't remember the guys' names you mentioned, but those lacrosse brothers are like, they're now high-level executives at like a hedge fund. They're like, no pizza tonight if you don't reach twenty billion in assets this year. 
Oh, man. I'm curious what they do now. I'm sure we could look it up. They have very obscure names. Yeah, you could look it up. I don't remember their names already. Ramel and Shamel. Hey, look it up later. I'd be curious. Yeah. Imagine they opened a pizzeria called No Pizza Until 20. And, and it's just super successful. I mean, pizzerias are great bets. People are always going to buy pizza. I agree. Right? And it's super cheap. Super cheap to make. Yeah. And it's just, you don't even have to make it well. Like, the, if you just make it decent, people will come. Right. It's really hard to fuck up pizza. Yeah. It really is. Do you think people are just born with motivation or do you really think it's instilled? I think it's instilled. It's, you do? I, I'm sure there's some sort of natural element to it where some people, for whatever reason, they're. I think a lot of it, I think a lot, if not all, is how you were raised, the environment you grew up in, and it's just a psychological thing. I bet a lot of it's. Uh, I bet a lot of it's. Jesus. I bet a lot of it's biological, too. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, and then you wanted to talk about winning and losing today. And that's another good question. What causes someone to care about winning and losing? Because there's some on one end of the spectrum, Michael Jordan, who would rather die than lose an important game. Like if someone told him you're going to win this championship, but you'll die immediately after, he'd say, cool. But if you, And he would just win, take the yeah. championship and then die. Um, rather than lose. And then other people that literally don't understand the concept of caring about a game. Like, I mean that. Like, they'll be like, why do you care? It's just a game. Yeah, I, uh, yeah I've seen that. A lot of I, people are like that. And I, because me and you are ultra competitive too. Yeah, seriously. And we, like, any, if I'm competing Type in something. A, ultra competitive. Yeah. If I, it, for me, the qualification is I have to consider myself decent at the event. Like, if it's like a video game, I know I'm atrocious at video games now, so I don't care anymore. Even then, I'll still get a little mad. I'm like, I suck at this. I accept it. I'm just not. It's too frustrating to care. But basketball, anything. Like, when I'm running, like, I'm competitive against myself for the time. Uh, but basketball in particular, that's the perfect example. When I still play in leagues and pickup games, even a meaningless pickup game, I get furious just because I want to win. And I don't know. Was I'm that- with you. Were we born this way? Was it, uh, was it the years of mental and physical abuse I endured, just in the basement with no light? I had a win to but get Justin, my way out. I think we, yeah, that's a whole different game. That's, I mean, <laughs> find the light. Yeah, get, I mean, get the that's... food, survive. Yeah, that's a video game I like to play. Um, but I mean, we both were raised with sports and stuff, and sports are such a good teaching tool i think i I think there's so many parallels between sports and life and you know like working with a team and practicing and doing your best and sportsmanship etc etc but but some people don't uh have a sense of urgency i mean i mean like i think urgency is a good word for it. we're all in competition yeah i guess it is i guess it is but we're all in competition here in general to right you know get resources and have a good life and if you don't work hard if you don't if you don't put an effort to succeed at anything you're going to fail and you'll be less likely to be get married you'll be less likely to be able to afford you know things for your children and et cetera. Et cetera. 
No, you're absolutely right. That's a good point. A lot of people that aren't competitive about things like a game or whatever it may be, they're more competitive with their field, like whether what what school program they're in. They're they're competing against their classmates, um, at their job. They're competitive against their colleagues. I've met I've met I've alluded to coworkers that are annoyingly competitive with random things. Yeah, but, but that those things are are really strange and not. You like if you're competitive at being the best, that's probably a good thing to be at. If you're competitive to to be a know-it-all and to like have more information, random information than people, that's a negative. No, I I totally agree. And you should yeah, but and then you should care about a meaningless pickup basketball game because that matters. When you win a meaningless pickup basketball game on the Lower East Side, you got to wear a, a championship belt that you show off to all the cool kids. I won a game yesterday. <laughs> 11 to 6 I hit three two-pointers and I do mean two-pointers because in pickup basketball up to 11 it's ones and twos but doesn't it matter I was playing with four 50 year old men doesn't it <laughs> alright now you're driving it completely into the ground <laughs> no I think it does but shouldn't no. you be proud of that me and my Zogsport co-ed basketball team we won the championship this year in a, in a crazy crazy string of events in our the the semifinal game, sure, we came back. We only had five players the whole way, including two girls, which was way more than any other team will play at one time. And we won. We won the championship. Wait, you had girls on your team and you won? I know. I know. It's I know. It's pretty hard to believe. Uh, no, our, our girls are actually very good, and one of my best friends, Yuka, she is. She's better than many men that i've played basketball with in my life she's amazing nice i i'm i was proud of that i was really fucking proud of that championship i was oh we all cared everyone cared and the other teams cared too andy i totally agree we would get in fights in this league there were so many fights with girls and boys it was you've seen me play basketball oh no of course justin i i'm not trying to make a point against you because i know how competitive you are i'm trying to say I think those little games do matter. They I, do. I, no, because it, it makes you feel good. It, winning makes you feel good because you tried hard and it paid off. Try, like I feel sick when I lose a game. Like Even if it's a pickup game where I don't know anyone, I'm furious. And then Zog in particular, remember you? of course you remember it. We did it yeah. uh, to our listeners, myself, Andy, our, one of our most lo- – not one of our, our number one most loyal listener. <laughs> yes, number one. Number one most loyal listener. It's a tie between a couple of people, but Jeff is definitely in that tie. He was on our team as well. Our team sucked. Like, it was fun. We had some decent games. We had a few good players. We sucked because we n- none of us really knew each other, and we never really played together. We were close yeah, no in most games, but we lost basically every game, and it was fucking infuriating i hate yeah, it Yeah, it was fucking and then the next terrible. spring i played in another league with another two kids from our high school uh dave and jason who are brothers i think you know who i'm alluding oh, to they're right? both good basketball players yeah. yeah and we started out mediocre losing winning and losing like back and forth around 500 and then we got amazing at the end and won the championship this was like five wow. years ago me and Dave still bring it up sometimes, talking about how awesome it was, which probably is kind of sad. But like, we were just no, like, I don't think it is. Yeah, we're like, remember how awesome? We also almost got into a fight in the finals because the other team yeah. was a bunch of douches. Um, although I'm sure they say the same thing about us. But we almost I'm got sure into a physical fight, 
and then we won. And that that did play a part of it because we were like, imagine we got into a fight with these assholes and then lost. Like it would feel like shit. But winning, it just felt amazing, and you know that carried my confidence. And now I'm going to take over the world because of a Zog championship. All right, this is going to sound really stupid, but I don't think there's a difference between an NBA tournament and and that Zog Sports. Yeah, I think on different they're just on different scales but they're both like leagues with players and teams obviously the skill level and money around it is is not comparable yeah i, I only got paid a couple of hundred grand for that <laughs> <laughs> no you actually onto something because the psychology behind it is similar in a way because to us the stakes are high. The stakes high. are both high, yes. Yeah, because yes. We're, they're high to us because we're like, yeah, we're playing amongst these these titans of basketball that are all 5'10", between 5'10 and 6'1". <laughs> but LeBron is like 6'8", dominant, but he's amongst a bunch of other 6'8 specimens that are just absurdly talented at basketball. So it's the same exact thing. It's all relative. It's all relative. It's exactly the same thing. And when ants are playing in their ant basketball leagues, it's the same thing. It's except they're dodging peak. They're literally could die at any split second while they're playing their games. Yeah, if someone steps on the court, a human steps on the court when they're playing. I am LeBron James <laughs> of Zog. <laughs> LeBron, Kobe. But all right, so me and my me and my buddy Yuka, we watched uh, this movie last night, Battle Royale. Have you heard of it? Sounds very familiar. Remind me. All right, very controversial, very popular Japanese film came out in the year two thousand. It's basically the Hunger Games except realistic, and it's about every year a ninth grade class is selected at random for this thing called the Battle Royale Act. And it's like 40 kids on an island and they have to fight to the death and only one can it's you have three days to fight and only one gets to survive. That sounds I mean, that's literally the same exact. So Hunger Games was based on this then clearly it was a ripoff. It sounds like when it did come out, people were like, this is fucking Battle Royale. It's but you should watch it, man. It's amazing. It's a really well done film. It's extremely violent, but. It was so deep of just I, I, I'm still thinking about it today. Every every kid gets a like a weapon in their bag, a random random weapon. I don't know. It just got me thinking about strategy to win. Like obviously if you were put in if you and I were put into that situation, I mean you would be like the Rambo type who would just be with the machine gun gunning people down. <laughs> but, it would be fun, let's not lie. It would be scary, but it would be fun. I've thought about that with Hunger Games. Like, this actually looks like a lot of fucking fun. I'm so, I've am always wanted them to make a Hunger Games video game. Yeah, with real people. Yeah, virtual reality, real, with pulse sensors, and if you die in the game, you die in real life. Well, did you see the movie Gamer? No. I think it was called Gamer. It's actually basically... It's actually the this exact concept. It's these kids control real humans who are, like, death row inmates... And it's about it's basically Hunger Games, except the people in the game are being controlled by kids playing a video game. It's a, it was a shitty movie, but it's an interesting concept, I guess. I mean, don't you think so? If you were nominated at Hunger Games or Battle Royale, your initial reaction would be like, "This sucks. I'm terrified. I'm gonna die." 
You can go one of two ways, though. You can be terrified and just shit the bed and die, or you can accept it and be like, all right, guess I'm going to have to survive. And just the strategy and the survival instincts, that could be... Fun's obviously not the right word because you'd have to kill people, but it would be exhilarating having to survive. I mean, I like... I find myself to be pretty good at games, and I mean, if I was forced to do it, I would probably... I would definitely obviously give it my all. Yeah, you'd have to. But it depends on the competition. Yeah, that's a good point. If everybody was like ex-military, like psychopaths, like in the movie Battle Royale, there's there are two students who are like bona fide psychopaths. And they're just huge and, and they're stronger than all the other kids. It literally sounds identical to Hunger Games. Same case as Hunger Games. It's, it is the same. It's literally the same. Except the acting's better, the writing's better, the sure. cinematography's better. I'll have to check it out. It sounds interesting. It sounds great. What, in your opinion, drives people to succeed and some people to just sit back? Like, do you think sitting back and just enjoying your current situation is a loser trait? I don't want to say it's a loser trait because if you're happy, that's the ultimate goal in life. And if you're happy, who are, who is anyone else to tell you that it's wrong as long as you're not harming other people or you're holding anyone else back there's a line because if you're actively harming yourself like by just enjoying your current situation of being extraordinarily unhealthy and you have kids and and you're not treating them right but if you're just like let's say you have a job that's not super ambitious you're not making a ton of money but you're happy you're providing for yourself you're healthy that's not what i would do but I've thought about this a lot, too, because I work with people that are in the same role for years and years. And I'm like, I don't know how the heck they do that, but hmm. they don't they don't want the added stress of, of a new role and being ambitious and learning something else. So they'll they'll the trade off is they'll take less money or and they're fine not learning something new because, like you said, they're kind of sitting back. And I, I don't think it's I, I wouldn't feel right calling them a loser for that. What do you think? Like to be massively successful and to be to be the best at something, your work ethic has to be obsessive. Yeah. Like to be a LeBron James type or even a Bezos, anybody who's in that position where they have exceeded at the highest level, I I believe you have to literally have laser focus and not let anything else get in the way of what you're trying to do. Right. And you can't be too proud of yourself and you can't, you have to think there's something you can improve on. That's true. That's true as well. That's a really good point. It's, it's a different mentality. Not everybody thinks the same. Not everybody wants the same thing. Now I'm thinking about when is it enough? Like in art, in the arts. Okay. Yeah. Like I was going to say, it's actually funny. I was going to say the same. Go ahead. In the arts, if you're trying to climb the ladder in terms of talent versus opportunity right so you want you want the most opportunity that feeds your growth as an artist and the more you do the better your work becomes right so they go hand in hand but uh what were you gonna say with this well yeah if you're an actor or a musician or any sort of entertainer once you reach a level of moderate success or very successful whatever you want to call it i feel like a lot of them have a choice to make do they want to challenge themselves and take a risk for their career and do something new that might not work? Or do they just want to keep status quo and do the safe choice that probably makes just as much, if not more money, and keeps them stable, 
quote unquote. I'm trying to think of an example. Like uh, Matthew McConaughey is a good example. It worked out brilliantly for him, and it was also much. Yeah, it worked out brilliant for him. He was doing rom coms for years that kind of sucked, but he was probably making good money. I mean, that's a bad example because no, I think that's a great example. I mean, he took he like was a doing dramatic that and he turn. was paving the way for yeah. him to do maybe what he really wanted to do, or yeah. And now he's one of the top A-list guys. And you, and so people, on the other hand, we're talking about successful people who just like can't get it together, who just like continually lose on all levels. Like, how do people? <laughs> <laughs> how do people get past that? Because if you don't have, I, I really think it has to do with mentality. If you don't have a winner's mentality, and you're like, oh shit, why is this always happening to me? I'm I'm poor, I'm broke, I have no job. Uh it's always been like this, it's always going to be like this. Yeah. You're kind of selling yourself into your own vision, which is a negative mind state, I guess. I I mean, that's a good. It's a fair point. I mean, it's hard to generalize these things cuz there's so everyone sure, has their own unique sure. situation. Some that could be a factor though. If you're not successful and you're just down on yourself that you're you're negativity could come across and lead to lack of self-confidence and i worked with this guy actually who literally uh, he was just so he lacked confidence so badly and he changed Mm. role he's such a nice guy i feel bad but i mean he wound up going to a different company and I, i saw him actually like right before quarantine and he's happy but he went to a role actually kind of like what i was just talking about he was in the same role for like 10 years and he finally went for the next role uh, and within three months he quit. He couldn't take the stress of learning the new job and juggling hmm. like, and he was like, yeah, it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't feel like I just was too much to handle. And I, I'm in that new role that he quit after three months and it's not a job you should quit. Like, I learned it, whatever anyone, if he put his mind to it, it's not rocket science. And, um, he literally walked someone pointed this out to me we were talking about him just wondering how he's doing he literally walked around with his shoulders hunched over and like kind of looking down and i'm like i'm not exactly and he wanted to just say put your head up pick your head up yeah pick your goddamn head up you could see it from a mile away well there goes a mopey guy who's just has no self-confidence hey uh would you pick your head up do me a favor pick it up put your get your chin up Put your chin up to the sky. Stick your chest out. Put your head up. Give me a flame handshake. Slap me on the ass and I'll give you some respect. <laughs> Maybe no one ever taught him. That honestly, okay. yeah. I don't know though. No one ever said to me, stand with your shoulders straight. Well, what's his deal? Is he, all right, is he ugly? Is he handsome? Is he, is he have good people skills? Is he, is he ugly deal? or handsome? I don't know. What am I, gay? <laughs> <laughs> no, would he you was... tongue his balls? <laughs> uh, that's a call. <laughs> to anyone who doesn't remember, that's a call. Legendary callback to Andy. What episode was that? Do you know Don Shula's Jaw episode eight? Was it Don Shula's yeah, Jaw? You got was, a great memory. It was Don. I only know that because I just listened to it. To answer your question, like not ugly, like not good looking, in like indifferent, like just average looking. But he was married with two kids. Like he had a beautiful family, other than him. Um, and then he lived, you know, at a nice house. Like he had no reason to be walking around with his head in the dirt. Huh? 
Huh. So then clearly he wasn't... Th- Alright, that doesn't make any sense to me then. Because what... If he's like that, what does he have to get... If, you, if you're feeling good and you're excited about something, that means you, you are passionate about what you're doing and you have meaning and you're you're realizing your dream right yeah Yeah. so if that so then maybe he's not in the right thing altogether maybe he has maybe he just never he he put down the little voice that is that was saying like i i should be doing this like no 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 i'm on this track to do this is that maybe what the deal is i I think it well we also have to that's a good chance and we also should acknowledge not everybody really cares about their career at all regardless of what it is it's just all right i'm working so i get a paycheck so i can sustain my life they don't feel passionate about anything that can make them money which it's a sad thought because there really should be something out there for everyone but that's really not some people really whether even if there is something they're like well i'm not gonna i'll just do this job i know he like loves cars and stuff like that like he'd always talk about cars um but it's he does i just don't think he cares about career advancement like it's just not it kind of and this is again to answer your question from about a little while ago saying does that make someone like that like is that a loser mentality i don't think so it just it's just something i'm not in agreement with for myself because even when i saw him at this happy hour i asked him about the new jobs going he said good it's like an associate level job where there's a clear next step meaning next role if you want it so i said oh are you going to go for the next role which which would be financial advisor he said no i'm i'm good where i am and i said ah i should have figured your head's still down in the dirt i want to just take duct tape and put it on the back of your head roll it down to your ass and just stick it now your head's forced to be straight up (laughs) then you'll fucking get the next role Jeez, man, this is making me sad. I, I it is, but he's. But such you know, a, it shouldn't. That's that's yeah, selfish th- for for me to be sad about it. Like, he, I mean, he's probably fucking fine. He is. It's, you know, I I found myself feeling the same way for him and, and people of that ilk. But and I'm saying that in such a derogatory way. I, I don't mean it that way. He's a good guy. He he has a house, a car, like a nice car, kids. He's doing fine. But I'm just like you. Easily could do more. Just fucking do it but at the same time i feel like people like us stress ourselves out with our ambition and and wanting the next thing so who's the sucker what is happiness but a moment before you need more happiness don draper my favorite that is a fantastic quote tv cat yeah fucking but what that's my favorite show of all time Edman. i still Have you haven't seen it watched all? it i haven't oh, watched justin you salty dog dude come on get on it i want to talk about it with you Don Draper's most interesting character. You're totally but right. But see, I this should. is also what we were talking about offline before about like advice and telling people what to do. I, maybe I should just let go of being like, all right, this guy, because we do judge other people for being like that guy's. He could he could do so much more. He's not doing enough. Right. Because it's not your standard. You're right. But not everybody has the same standard. Totally. Yeah. I guess it's better to let go of that mentality especially when it's someone that has no impact on your life like if it's like family or i don't know that even family and friends if it's like your i don't know like if it's like your significant other of course you you you, i think the right thing is to push them until they cry about their lack of uh success but if it's like your cousin or a brother or sister 
I don't know. You, you, I guess you give advice when it's asked for, but do you really push them? Do you go out of your way to push them? I, I feel like that's just an annoyance and, and it makes the person feel bad. All right, but when it does come into your sphere, right? I, I can't tell you how many times, and this is probably a sign of immaturity. I, I'm a little better with it now, but years ago when I was doing theater in New York, I would get in some serious like heat with either directors or other people who I just thought were not doing the right thing. Sure. Like there was this this one production where it was a musical we were doing and we were rehearsing in a separate space than the theater and the director didn't put down spike tape of the dimensions of what the actual stage would be like sure. in the rehearsal space. So none of the dancers knew where they would be dancing we didn't know exactly where we would be moving to you if when this is like standard you put down the spike tape for the dimensions of the actual space wherever you're rehearsing so everybody knows comparably what's going on i like brought it up to the director maybe a little too strong-headedly and and she was like it's not your place like no it is my fucking place that's absurd i i'm trying to make this production and when i see stuff like this happening that's not on my standard or level i i have this fiery sicilian thing in me that cause i lash out at people i lash the fuck out you you have i think that's justified because it's directly impacting you like you're a part of the production therefore you should have a say i mean there's a whole thing about hierarchy and people having their own roles but you're allowed to voice your opinion and for her to say it's not your place it's like no fuck you why don't you actually listen because what i'm saying makes sense yeah but a lot of it's ego and a lot of yeah fucking anyway um i think we have to stop there Guys, we want to thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, We will be back with a new format. Guys, we want to thank you so much for listening to us. We will be back with a new format in two weeks. I want to tell... Paul will be joining us in two weeks. Can I tell our audience what just happened? (laughs) I was going for it so we don't have to and I can edit it. Uh, I'm sorry. That was just too funny. Ah, you're right. Fuck. It's not going to be funny to tell. Yeah, start again. Go ahead. I'll start again yeah, for I'm the st- third time. Okay. <sighs> guys. Guys, we want to thank you so much. Fucking A. You got this. I'm st- guys, we want to thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back in two weeks with a new format. Paul will be here. Uh, he just finished his gig at the petting zoo. He'll be back. I mean, not back. He'll be here for the first time. Uh, thanks for listening. Stay safe out there and keep trucking strong for success. All right? Don't be a loser. Or if you do, you know what? You want to be, that's fine. It's a, it's up to you. I'll put it on you. No no pressure. No pressure. Not from Justin? us. We're not the pizza dads. Do your thing. We are not the pizza dads. We know it's going to be tough going, only listening to us every two weeks, but it's needed. It gives us, recharge our batteries, gives us an extra chutzpah. And, uh, yeah, just makes us better beings. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to listening. Fuck my cock. (laughs) 
Just <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Looking forward uh. to speaking to my our friends again. And <laughs> Let me start. Fuck your gog. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Looking forward to chatting with you all in two weeks again. See you later. Thank you.